Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Uh, my guest today I've had before, his name is Anish Mohammed. He's a consultant to various companies in the blockchain space. And Anish is going to be one of our speakers at the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference in February in Dallas. And Anish is going to be talking about quantum computing and how that may or may not affect uh, blockchains and the security and the cryptography involved. So Anish, how are you doing? I am very well, thank you. How are you? Good. I appreciate you coming. I know it's late night for you in, in London there, and uh, so thanks for coming on. So um, tell me about quantum computing. Is it at a state, is it anywhere near the point where it could affect adversely uh, the cryptography we have today? I mean, as far as we know, with all the public knowledge we have, and I've been talking to various uh, you know, teams around the globe uh, because of uh, even the most recent one being ICOs, some of the teams from the block, you know, quantum computing world are interested in this. So as far as I can see, and I, I know in the public domain, we haven't reached a state where you know, QCs that are available have a real impact on the crypto that we are currently using. And why is that? What's lacking? Is it just, is it just a matter of time or is there a fundamental problems with the technology that don't make it work? Uh, it's... Uh, from what I understand, again, uh, you know, some of the results have been published and they'll know some are not yet published. So my understanding is based on the conversations. I haven't read the papers because those are not public yet. So it at least seems to me that a couple of teams have reached a point where it's more an engineering problem than, uh, you know, a real fundamental problem in that sense. So it might not happen today, but uh, as an engineering problem, if there's enough of resources being spent, in it, in enough of time and money being spent on solving those specific problems, the small bits that need to be ironed out in that sense, it is very likely in a time scale of three plus years, I'll say 36 to 60 months time, that there might be quantum computers that are capable of doing things that would have a impact in the crypto world in some sense yeah just just for listeners that don't understand really basically uh if you have a quantum computer what could it do that would adversely affect uh you know the cryptography used in blockchains okay so let's take the case of say uh, ethereum right now right so uh, one of the things we actually need to have at this you know uh, the whole 
uh, security of uh, Ethereum is based on the public key cryptography that allows one to you know have signatures and others to verify it. The the basis of security of that particular public key cryptography is something called elliptic curve crypto, which is essentially mm-hmm. a variant of a discrete logarithmic problem that's called elliptic curve discrete logarithmic problem. It is like if you have a, a, a sum of a number of points, uh, given the point, finding out what the, num- the, the, the sum is. So this problem is a hard problem. It's a very hard problem for a normal uh, you know, a normal computer to solve. If you have a whole bunch of different, assuming that the curve selection has been good, there are some weak curves which would allow some specific attacks on, on the choice of those curves. But assuming the choice of curves are good, uh, the difficulty of solving this problem will be pretty hard. And it will be pretty, it would take a normal machine a very, very long time to solve it, right? But imagine you have a, 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 a quantum computer with enough of qubits. Then it could actually solve it in a linear time. So what that means is, like, imagine for, say, three bits, the time it takes to solve the problem is, like, three seconds. So if you increase it by three, right, uh, and it, it would be, like, you know, uh, literally three would be a bad number. So say, you know, imagine it to be four and, you know, uh, if you increase it by, you know, double, then the time it takes on a non-linear one will be 16 in that sense. Just to put that in context, let me give you uh, a, a different, uh, you know, crypto primitive and give you the scale based on what we know in that sense, because I I really can't actually give you like a very good estimate of uh, you know, factoring elliptical discrete logarithm problem. Yeah, give me ballpark scales. Like, if it would take yeah, a, yeah. a normal so, computer yeah. a thousand yeah, years. This is what I was trying to. You know, yeah, this is what I was about to say. So, you know, if you look about, think about the problem of factoring, like uh, a, a very large integer, which is the basis of RSA, right? And imagine we have the difference between. Uh, a normal computer and a quantum computer. Imagine in this case you have like uh, probably a hundred thousand bits in that sense for uh, a, a integer factorization problem, and mm-hmm. we have a number field C uh, on a normal machine running. It probably will take more than a million years. It's, it's estimated probably closer to a billion than a million years. Wow. But the, the same, you know, hundred thousand would probably be. Uh, you know, more than 100 milliseconds. I mean, 100 to 200 milliseconds in that sense, loosely speaking, if I I understand it correctly. So this is essentially the difference. You said 100 to 200 milliseconds? Milliseconds, milliseconds, yeah, yeah. Let let me just look at the curve once more and just be absolutely sure. I have a slide somewhere in my slide pack that I used, and uh, it actually has this thing. There, so I can actually check my slides and be absolutely sure that's the case. So yeah, if I'm not mistaken, that's the case. That's crazy. And so you're saying in the next yeah, it is. It, it is the, the reason it's crazy is like the two hard problems that are basis of cryptography that, uh, as we know, it for asymmetric crypto. Uh, that is generally integer factorization, just like given a very large number of finite prime factors which is the basis of RSA, and finding a discrete log problem, uh, which is like an elliptic curve. When discrete log problem is applied on elliptic curve, that's an elliptic curve discrete log problem. Both of these problems are easily solved with a quantum computer. It has a linear time. 
And this is essentially the biggest challenge, right? Is there such a thing then as a quantum proof uh, algorithm or a quantum resistant one? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yes, absolutely, yes. There are a class of algorithms that are, uh, you know, more quantum resistant. You know, these are the ones that actually include, uh, you know, a coding theory based one, Macaulay's, for example. Uh, it is not as efficient as other algorithms. And there are other ones like NTRU. I know NTRU has some other challenges. Some people have actually published some attacks on it. So, you know, but, you know, what I was saying is like there are existing known crypto algorithms, which we know for a fact will have a lot of resistance against the QC, as we know, as in shows algorithm. That's essentially what you're saying. So, you know, given, uh, sorry. You know, what makes an algorithm quantum resistant? What factors is so, that? Yeah, so the, 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 the fact about Schultz algorithm is that it is very efficient in finding uh, solutions to a, a class of problems, which generally relates to finding uh, cycles in a database. But those imply, uh, you know, things like what I was describing before, like, Finding integer factorization—I mean, doing integer factorization and finding discrete logs—but the other set of other class of crypto algorithms that we were describing previously, those depend on another set of hard problems: problems in coding theory and problems in matrices, or you could even think of you know a public key crypto algorithms that can use knapsack problems. So problems that are not based on these—that's what it would be. Okay. Um, you mentioned uh, offline there might be some, and online too, there might be some uh, ICOs related to quantum cryptography that are coming out. Can you say anything about that? I mean, uh, as far as I could say, it is very likely. I mean, either one of the two uh, ICOs might turn up. I suspect, uh, you know, one or more of the so-called uh, you know, folks would be interested in trying to develop uh, a quantum resistant, uh, you know, crypto libraries to be made available to set up all people. Or it could be the case that, uh, you know, there could be like w- one of those startups who are involved in doing, uh, in a clinical building, uh, will do an ICO to raise an amount of money to invest into more R&D kind of thing. So those are the two possibilities that I know of that's actually happening in that space. Yeah, so how do you think um, Bitcoin and the other cryptocurrencies are going to react when quantum computing comes into play? Will they be able to change and adapt, or you think there'll be a problem? This is a fun, funny question. The question is, like, when you are looking at this problem uh, with just the colored classes, Ethereum and Bitcoin, and we are looking at a very specific problem, right? The thing is, like, it will change the whole bloody world. So our phones, you know, they actually authenticate against the network and other things. They use the same set of algorithms. They be broken. Our banks, our credit cards, they will be broken. So, you know, in that sense, everything has to change. So SSL, TLS, so the handshake, I'll say that you need to actually replace that. So our browser needs to change. You know what I mean? So every piece of that needs to change. Mm. So changing a crypto algorithm that's part of Ethereum or Bitcoin would only be like a very tiny part of this big problem. So if you imagine if tomorrow 
you had the ability to break the crypto algorithms. As in, you have a real QC, right? Like on a computer that can actually do this thing. You will be happily going after a bigger price than this very, very tiny price, right? Mm. So think about the size of the global economy and think about the size of, and not even global economies, right? There are other things in the world that can go for if you can actually crack the crypto algorithms, right? So everything is at play for you. Why would you bother even considering Bitcoin or Ethereum? Okay, so you're saying there's much, there's much bigger targets. Yeah. What, what are the biggest, juiciest targets you think that would be that would you know people with quantum computers would attack? If the financial system would be the easiest one, right? Pretty much anything that actually uses signature schemes to actually have commitments will be the one that will be attacked. So if you are a hedge fund and if you do your transactions, you commit to hedges by signatures, off you go. You attack them, change your hedge, and you make trillions, I guess. I don't know how much you make, but you know what I mean. I gotcha. Okay. Makes sense. Hmm. Um, any other um, interesting things you're seeing because of your involvement in this space that the public may not be aware of? Uh, in what sense would you mean? Um, you know, you said that a true quantum computer may be five years out. Are there any companies that you think are really the front runners in quantum computing and may come up with something much sooner? I, I honestly won't be able to know because, like, I do talk to people, but then I only talk to a fraction of the people. I think there are at least 15 very, I mean, in the known world, we don't have access, at least I don't have access to all the Chinese players. So we have, like, say, 15 players in this ecosystem as it stands right now. Uh, you know, the IBMs, the Googles, these are the big players with a lot of money. And then there are probably around, you know, 12, uh, you know, smaller players that are well known who are into this game. I mean, out of that, I probably, you know, know of three or four of them and probably talk to one or two of them. So, you know, my understanding is very much limited, very much limited to what's available publicly. And like, uh, you know, bits of information that I gather from conversations that are heard or overheard. So I don't think I have as much as insights as to what's going on, and my my guesses are any better than anybody else in that sense. Gotcha. Right? For naming okay. companies, uh, for naming companies, right? So right. we we could probably have some guesses about names of various startups that are doing very interesting stuff. Essentially, you will be able to recognize the key researchers in the space who are based on various academic institutions because uh, what has been happening is uh, there has been a decrease in the funding of in the QC world in the past few years and then it just start, slowly started picking up. So in the interim, the people who were real researchers in this space have gone back to various academic institutions and have, have done some research. So if you are tracking their research, that should give you very strong indication of strengths of team and what other technology they are working on. Okay. Um, last last question for you. Are there any, um, I mean, uh, cryptographic algorithms that you think are pretty much unbreakable, whether through QC or other methods? I mean, the thing I would say is like the, the, the information theoretically secure uh, algorithms that are there are one-time passwords and, and QKD, quantum key distribution, right? Those are the two things that you can actually... Uh, be pretty sure that unless you have time travel, uh, you probably won't be able to do anything to anything. That hmm. so that 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 would be my take because everything else has 
these assumptions based on hundreds of problems. And then hundreds of problems, uh, you know, sometimes you recognize there are solutions that exist in other realms or, or other paradigms of computing that might make it easier. That's essentially what we're talking about. We saw some problems in the number theoretic space and elliptical space that we thought are pretty hard for normal computers. But then suddenly we realize in the quantum computer world, those are easy. So, you know, that might happen in other, you know, other cases as well. So the, the thing that we are pretty sure about is a one-time path where essentially you ship, uh, you know, a code book to the other party and you, you do an XOR to the message and you have the same code book on the other side and you do the XOR again and you get the message back. And this could be, this has been done previously in you know, various instances. And in, in the world where you actually have a quantum compute distribution, you can just do this. So this scheme is like proven to be information theoretically secure. So that's pretty secure, if you, if you were to ask me. Okay. Well, I guess there'll be trade-offs on why those systems aren't, aren't used everywhere right now, right? Uh, so the reason why you know one-time pads are not used that usually is the size of the key material will be equivalent to the length of the message. So if you want to send a page of message, you have a one-page long key, right? So if you want to send you know a hundred-page long message, you have a hundred-page long key, right? Hmm. That's quite in an inefficient manner of sending things. And secondly, if you want to do quantum key distribution over long distances, it's pretty hard. So the Chinese had actually had an experiment where they did something pretty long. I mean, a, a long enough distance in that sense. And we don't know a very long distance quantum key distribution. So it's like, you know, uh, when that comes into play, then you, you might be able to do that over very long distances. Otherwise, the, the way to distribute the keys would be like shipping the keys in a secure box. Gotcha. Okay. Secure box. Right, right, right. Yeah. All right, Anish. Well, thanks for, for taking the time, and I'm looking forward to hearing your talk in February at the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. And uh, anything else to add before we wrap? Uh, nothing much. I look forward to the conference as well. Thank you very much for your time. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. 